The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post game show. My name is Patrick Allen. I will be joined by a slew of Chiefs experts here in just a few minutes. We're going to have Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. He'll be here in about five minutes. Uh, and then our guys, Sterling Holmes. I believe Joe Summers is going to pop in here. Maybe even Matt Connor, because he probably had his post game write ups done at halftime for this one. The Kansas City Chiefs wallop the Chicago Bears 41 to 10 in a game that saw Patrick Mahomes take a seat. I think it was about midway through the third quarter because this one was over. Uh, Kansas City just humiliated the Chicago Bears. A bad week got worse for the Chicago Bears. The only minor thing I was a little bit worried about was, you know, sometimes when these NFL teams face adversity, they come together, or if Justin Fields is being coached poorly, maybe they figure something out. He's very athletic. He's very scary with the ball in his hands. Didn't matter. Didn't matter against this Kansas City Chiefs defense. They smothered him pretty much any time he tried to move. Um, Absolutely abysmal performance from Justin Fields. 11 for 22 for 99 yards. A garbage time touchdown and an interception. He was sacked three times for 12 yards. And we're going to talk about the defense in this podcast. And shout out to everybody who's out there on YouTube. If you're out there on YouTube, do me a favor. We got Verteram coming up. Sterling Holmes coming up. Hit that like button. Let's get a bunch more Chiefs fans in here to celebrate because we don't get we don't get too many games like this during the year where it's just a straight up party the whole game. You didn't have to sweat it at all. You just got to sit back and enjoy. There were some injury things that that were a little bit concerning. Very scary moment there where Patrick Mahomes' ankle got rolled up on, but he went out there and continued to perform. So it looks like he's going to be okay. And we'll talk about the Jawan Taylor stuff. We'll get into all of that. But make sure you hit the like button and get a bunch of Chiefs, and, Chiefs fans in here to talk about this game. So, uh, man, I you know we're going to talk about the Chiefs defense, but I think it's probably smart to start with the offense because that was sort of not really the question mark for this team coming into this game. But it was the it was the part of the machine that wasn't quite well oiled just yet. We knew that, of course, it would be at some point. And when we previewed this game on Thursday, we called it a get right game for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's exactly what this was uh, playing a team like the Chicago Bears, who's not just they're not just bad on on offense. They're bad on defense as well. Patrick Mahomes went off in this game in about, you know, two and a half quarters. He was 24 of 33 for 272 yards and three touchdowns, if not for uh, a penalty on Jawan Taylor on a, on a bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. His numbers would have been even better. Then Blaine Gabbert came in. Isaiah Pacheco looked great. The Chiefs finally you know, got back to running the ball a little bit more. He got 15 carries in this one for 62 yards. He had an 18-yard run. He ripped off. He ran really hard, had a touchdown. And then, of course, I would be remiss not to mention Travis Kelsey, who maybe had the best day of anybody 
at Arrowhead Stadium because not only did he go off on the football field with seven receptions and 69 yards, nice, for Travis Kelsey and a touchdown on eight targets, he had a guest at the game. Now, I'm sure if you watched the game, maybe you missed it. It wasn't mentioned a thousand times. It was mentioned maybe three or 400 times. But Taylor Swift was at the game. She was in Travis Kelsey's box sitting next to his mom. Uh, look, I actually love the whole Taylor Swift thing. It will get annoying um, if this continues, but I don't think she'll probably be at every game, uh, not not unless things go really well, if they're actually dating. Um you know, we, we might not see her again until the playoffs or something like that, but we'll see. But uh, that was really cool. She was there. She's, you know, I like her music. She's massively famous in both with NFL fans and pretty much everybody else. If you've seen anything about her tour, whether you like her, her music, whether it's your thing or not, uh, pretty cool to have her at Arrowhead Stadium. It's just another big win for the GOAT, Travis Kelsey. I feel like he cemented his GOATed status. Uh, see, this is... If you don't know the story with Kelsey and Taylor Swift, apparently he went to the concert when it was at Arrowhead and he brought a friendship bracelet with his number on it and wanted to give it to her, but he wasn't allowed to see her before the concert. Um, not, something like that would never work for someone like me in a million years. In a, like I could get, if I was single, I could give that to every single, I could try that bit with every single woman I meet and not a single one of them would go on a date with me. Um, it just doesn't work. But when you're a guy like Travis Kelsey, good looking professional athlete, I guess it works. I guess it works. Um, let me know in the chat, how, like on a scale of one to 10, how annoyed were you about the Taylor Swift talk? Like at first, did you think it was kind of cool? And then, but like, they just kept landing on thick. And then by the time you got to about the second quarter, you were like, all right, we get it. Taylor Swift's there. Nobody cares. Um, I definitely was, was getting to that point. And if you think it's going away, by the way, it's not, it's going to be a huge story all week long because she's that big of a superstar and it's the Kansas city chiefs and Travis Kelsey sloth style says it's good. You're married, huh? Patrick, you're, you're damn right. Sloth style. Um, I, yeah, it's, I'm out of good ideas when it comes to, you know, courting women anyway. So I, I'm, I'm good. I lucked out when I did. Okay. So we're, we're getting people's reviews of the Taylor Swift, how, how annoyed they were I'm getting, getting some zeros a lot. Tungsten wasn't annoyed by it on the money was a seven out of 10. Tony Martin was an 11. Uh, Mo Patriots says 11 in the chat. Um, yeah. Blake says the Swift following is more passionate than any other. I welcome their support. Yeah. I mean, Hey, that's, that's, more fans for the Kansas City Chiefs. If someone's a fan of Taylor Swift and they're not really into football that much, and not, not that the Chiefs need more fans, uh, it's too bad that she's not dating like Justin Herbert or something because the Chargers could really use uh, an inf <laughs> uh, in, uh, uh, infusion of fans over there. Um, Jeremy Olson says, look at the Bears coach. Stuff stolen. Oh, my God, shit show. Yeah, did you guys see that? So apparently – this week, maybe it was on Thursday night, some thieves broke into Soldier Field and stole like $100,000 worth of equipment. Like, it was just the worst. The, the Bears defensive coordinator, something weird's going on with him. He resigned in week two. Um, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy, crazy week for the uh, for the Chicago Bears. But let's get to the Chiefs. Matt Verum is going to be here any minute now. Um, I want to talk about these receivers. This was a big question mark coming into this game, right? And let me know what you think in the chat on YouTube. Hit that like button about the Chiefs' performance on the receiving core this week. 
we, we'd had guys having trouble, you know, keeping their hands on the ball. We had guys having trouble get open. Now, look, it's Chicago Bears. They're not a very good team, but sometimes you just need a little bit of confidence. Sometimes you just need to get into a little bit of rhythm. And the Chiefs were able to do that. I mean, if you go down the box score here, obviously Travis Kelsey, he's your go-to, seven receptions for 69 yards. But then Rasheed Rice, five receptions for 59 yards on seven targets. He didn't score a touchdown, but twice Rasheed Rice caught a ball over the middle for Patrick Mahomes and got a nice run after the catch. And I've got to say, did anybody else on both of those plays? And you remember he got close to, he got tackled at like the half inch line on both plays. Um, did anybody else start having Juju Smith-Schuster flashbacks on those two? I, I can't tell you how many times last year Juju Smith-Schuster caught a ball like that in space, nobody around him and turn around and use his athleticism and just took off and gained an extra 10 or 15 yards or got a first down. And that was, um, that was just huge. They actually even mentioned on the broadcast um, when they had talked to Patrick Mahomes, he talked about how it's the little things with the offense, right, that matter. And that they think that they have maybe the most talent that they've ever had, but it's the little things that maybe he overlooked. And Patrick Mahomes told the announce crew specifically that he took for granted what Juju Smith-Schuster did for him last year. Those little chain-moving receptions that he did all year long to the tune of nine, like 900-plus yards – well, he wasn't getting that. Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting that from the guys, from the young guys in the first couple of games of the season. He's working. He doesn't have his main guy that does that for him, which is Travis Kelsey. So, you know, he was going to guys he trusted like MVS and Watson. Well, in this game, now you saw it happen. Like Rice got comfortable, made two big plays for Patrick Mahomes and for the Chiefs. Uh, Watson, I, I want to say something about Justin Watson because he's like kind of much maligned among Chiefs fans. A lot of folks didn't want him back because of all the talent that they have at wide receiver. He was inefficient last year um, in, in terms of snaps to production. But look, he has been super reliable for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes so far this season. He had two receptions for 51 yards again, uh, a 37-yard bomb that he caught from Mahomes on three targets. He has just shown up this year for Patrick Mahomes and for the Chiefs at a time where they really needed him. He's been there every game. I'm going to have to double check the stats, but I think he will still be after this game leading the Chiefs, the leading receiver for the Chiefs. So look, Watson, and he plays special teams. In my mind, he's earned his spot in this rotation. Yeah, maybe you, you don't want him out there for 80% of the snaps, but he gets in there and he makes plays for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes trusts him and he catches the ball. So, like, you know, maybe he doesn't have the talent is, you know, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. But to say that he doesn't belong in the rotation, I, I don't know that you can say that anymore. Let's see what you think about Watson. Tungsten says, Watson's been doing really good this year. Agreed. Sloss Style says, dude, when you need to clutch wide receiver, Justin Watson is that guy. He has been this season. And he, he had his moments last year, and he made some big plays down the field for them. And he was like, you know, he was like, when MVS, you take MVS off and you can put him in there. And that's great. He's, he's doing it. Um, Jeremy says Watson is MVS, same, same. Yeah, like those guys, they're going to come in. They're reliable. They're not going to blow up the stat sheet every week. But if you get one or both of them each game to stretch the field for you and catch a 30, 40-yard bomb, that's opening things up underneath for Rasheed Rice, for Travis Kelsey, for Sky Moore, for the other wide receivers on the team, for the running backs out of the backfield, all of that stuff. So those guys are super important. They need to be able to get open occasionally and put some stress on – 
these, you know, these defenses that want to try to make Patrick Mahomes check it down all the time. Jacob says Watson gives us verticality. Absolutely. John F. Swacky World says Watson is reliable, though not flashy. That's absolutely his game. Just comes in, gets the job done, goes back to the sideline. But by the way, we got a super chat. Thank you so much to Rhett. Uh, super chat. Why do many of our wide receivers want to cradle passes instead of grabbing them out of the air with their hands? Uh, fear of getting hit. They, I do see them do that sometimes. I think it's just, you know, it's it's probably an in-the-moment thing. It's certainly not what they're being coached to do, to to try to catch the ball against their body. But there's just different situations, I'm guessing, where, the, you know, they're going across the middle. They feel like they're going to get hit. They're trying to protect themselves while also bringing the ball in. Um, you know, it, it can lead to drops, right, because it can bounce off your chest. So they want to clean that up a little bit. But um, we'll see if it's something that continues and becomes a huge issue. I'm not too terribly concerned about it with this team right now, especially after today's performance, but just little technique things, right. That, that, that everybody's got to work on throughout the course of the year so that they don't, you know, develop bad habits and things like that. Uh, let's get some more opinions on the wide receiving core going back down the box score here. MVS came in later and got, um, that big pass from Patrick Mahomes that got taken away on the Juwan Taylor penalty for 37 yards. So good on him. Sky Moore. Productive today, four receptions for 42 yards uh, on six targets. Made some nice. He he jukes somebody out of their cleats on one of his routes. I saw a little bit later in the game. That was cool to see. Uh, Kadarius Tony though in this one, one reception for negative one yard on one target. I don't know how many snaps he played. I don't have the snap counts for everybody yet, um, but we're gonna have to check that out. See how the breakdown is. Um, Stormcloak asks, is Mahomes' ankle okay? Yeah, I think so. I, obviously, he sprained it. Um, he got rolled up on there. I think it was Yannick Ngakwe rolled up on his ankle in the towards the end of the first half. He stayed in the game. He was limping. They taped it up. He was, you know, they went and then they went into the half. So he was in the locker room. I'm sure they looked at it. I doubt they took an X-ray because there's only a little bit of time, so they probably just taped it up. Um, look, I mean, these things happen. It's a long season. You you don't ever want to see anybody rolling up Patrick Mahomes in that way. Super scary. Same thing happened in the, the Ohio State Notre Dame, Notre Dame game last uh, night with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. about giving me a heart attack twice as Matt Verram from Sports Illustrated joins me. Uh, Verram, we were just talking about these, uh, these wide receivers who had been much maligned coming into this game. Much better effort here from the offense. How'd you feel about this one? Yeah, well, this is, you know, this is what you wanted to see in a game like this. They just plowed the Bears for four straight quarters, um, really for like three quarters, and then and then essentially a fourth quarter where they just didn't care anymore. They they started playing backups. But yeah, I mean, it's a game that this is how the offense should operate, right? I mean, Kelsey leads the team, sixty nine yards, a touchdown. Rasheed Rice, fifty nine yards. Watson, fifty one yards. Moore, forty two yards. Scantling, thirty seven yards. I mean, that's that's how you want them to operate. I thought as importantly, no sacks. Um, the Bears did nothing in this game defensively. Nothing. She's ran for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't know what else you could have asked for. Oh, if the Chiefs wanted, they would have won this game by 50 points. I mean, there, there was just absolutely no resistance at all um, on either side. And really, uh, you know, you walk out, like Mahomes tweaks his ankle, he looks like he's fine. Donovan Smith had the lead for a minute, he looks like he's fine. Same with Joshua Williams. So, you walk out of the game, I don't know what else you could have asked for. They, they look great. The receivers did their job. I mean, really, everybody did on down the line. And you walk out of there going, okay, great. 
Great win. Jack did what it should have looked like. Two and one off to the Jets. All right. Now that you're here, Verderham, I got to just let our listeners know real quick before we, we get your the rest of your analysis that uh, DraftKings has upped their sign up bonus uh, to offer to kick off football season. So new users can place a five dollar first bet to instantly claim two hundred dollars in bonus bets, plus up to one hundred and fifty dollars back in bonus bets if your team loses, which our team did not. All you have to do is sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports this podcast. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. That's code Arrowhead. Do us a solid. Get in on some action for Sunday Night Football here. All right, Verderam. So... So much to break down, a lot of good stuff, but I want to get into the Juwan Taylor thing really quickly because it's, it was a big talk of of Chiefs Twitter today. It was pretty much the only negative thing that was being talked about in relation to this game in the Chiefs. I, I was unpopular because I tweeted that Juwan Taylor's got to just stop and that people have to stop making excuses for him. Um, and I understand why people were upset with me because one of those calls seemed to be bogus and it does feel a little bit like he's getting picked on. I'm just a little bit of a realist when it comes to the NFL, and I don't think that the refs are having a secret meeting where they're like, Jawan Taylor and only Jawan Taylor, we got to get him. My stance on it is he was doing it. They made it a point of emphasis, and he's got a responsibility when he gets on the line to make sure he's in good shape yes, because, he because he knows that they're watching him. Fair or not, he should probably look over at the ref every time he lines up in a game and ask for a thumbs up. They'll give it to him, I think. Um, you know, so and that's what happens, right? Sometimes when you, if you become known for something, right, like dirty hits or holding or pass interference, like refs are human beings. They know like tendencies of guys. And so you, you may find yourself not consciously under more scrutiny, but unconsciously under more scrutiny. And so if you're Juwan Taylor and you know that's, that's happening, you have a responsibility. Um, now, to be said, Mitch Moore, uh, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, he thinks it's, it's gone too far. A lot of other anal- analysts on, in Chiefs Twitter that I respect think it's gone too far. What's your opinion? I mean, I, I don't think he was aligned illegally uh, on the second play. The first one I thought was borderline. Well, like, yeah, man. I mean, there were a lot of plays in that game. He didn't get called, and he was lined up in the backfield. And I don't care how pissed Chiefs fans get about it. It's the truth. And if you want to sit there and scream and yell that other guys are doing it and they're getting away with it, yeah, you're right. You're right. But other guys also get called for it too. Okay, I talked to Dean Blandino. I wrote a whole feature on this. It was right. up on Friday. You should check it out. It's on Sports Illustrated. You can see it if you Google my name in SI. You can see it. It's one of the last pieces I've written. Okay? And I talked to Mitch Schwartz and Jeff Schwartz, by the way, for the story. Um, and Dean Blandino basically said, listen, in the first week of the season – the NFL called seven illegal formation fouls. Last week, they called 10. So there was a 30% uptick. It was a focus. And do I think they're targeting Juwan Taylor? I, I don't think they're targeting him, but I do think they're very, very, very aware of him. Right. There's a reason. And for those who say, well, he did this all in Jacksonville, and why now? Because Jacksonville's not on national television every single week. That's why. Okay? Like, the Chiefs are going to draw more attention than the Buccaneers. That's reality. If you don't want that to happen, then have the Chiefs go 7-10, and 10 and no one will care again. But yeah. like when you're on national television all the time, it matters. Okay, Rules typically 
have been made and reinforced in the NFL because of great teams getting away with certain things. Offensive pass interference started to be called more in the 90s because Michael Irvin pushed guys off. Why? Because Michael Irvin didn't play for the Cardinals. Played for <laughs> Dallas, and they were winning three Super Bowls. Yeah. You know? I mean, we saw, we saw a liberalization of the passing game in the last 20 years, and a lot of that was the Pats were mugging Peyton Manning's receivers. Well, guess what? That got a lot of attention because it was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. If that game happens between Jake DeLome and Aaron Brooks, nobody cares. Yeah, nobody. It doesn't matter. And so I think we get so into this, like, well, it's not a penalty. And I see, like, one guy said, well, that's BS because it's either flag or not. Yeah, okay. And I on the second one, I don't think it should have been flag. But, guys, a lot of times he's, he's lined up illegally. Now, you could argue that a lot of other teams are getting away with it, and that's fine. That's another conversation. I'm here for that argument. But – he, at least in my opinion, on the first one, I thought it was maybe borderline, but okay, you know if you're him, like you're going to get called. And talking to Dean Blandino, the officials are going to warn him and everybody else, by the way. They're going to warn these guys, hey, look, you're, you're a little off the line. If he does it again, he's going to get called. Now, if they didn't give him a warning, that's a bad job by the officials. Right. But yeah, like you know you're under the microscope for this. You are. That's just reality. It's like a guy who racks up a lot of personal fouls for like high hits. Yep. You're going to get called more. That's just, that's reality. These people are human beings. So do I think it was a bad call on the second one? Yes, I do. I do. Do I think that he's just being targeted in the NFL? It's like, call that guy every time. No, I don't think that's happening. Right. Yeah. People have to remember that these refs, they, this is their job. And so, they don't want you don't want to be the guy if they if they have a point of emphasis for all officials, you don't want to be the guy that's not calling it. And because they get graded. And then they, if they get graded well, they get to do Super Bowls and they probably make more money, right? Sure so, so you know, it's not it's not about Juwan Taylor. He's just it's it's not a hundred percent fair, but you know, everything I think everybody these days thinks is everything has to be black and white. It's all Juwan Taylor's fault, or it's all it's a ref conspiracy. It's shades of gray, right? And and he's just got to – and there's there's a reason why Andy Reid took him out of the game because, you know, it, there's probably a couple of reasons Andy took him out. One, to send a message to Juan Taylor that like, hey, man, I, I know maybe it's not fair, but you you got to stop getting penalties. you got like seven penalties in two weeks. You're – this is going to come – this is going to hurt us. It's going to cost us a game. Andy needs to stop. I don't yeah. care if you – I'll be perfectly blunt. But I, I don't care if he's getting picked. Like, I don't – get on the line of scrimmage. Right. They're not going to throw a flag if he's legal. Like if he's clearly legal, they're not going to throw flags. Right. And if they do, then the official is going to get a word from the NFL and that'll stop. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now, they're on national television next week. Guess what? He's lined up in the backfield or close to it. He's getting flagged. Right. It's going to happen. Right. It is. I promise you it's going to happen if he's lined up. That being said, we're, uh, we're sitting here talking about Juwan Taylor and again, they won by 31 <laughs> points. By the way, the Broncos just gave up another touchdown. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, it's, it's to me like these are first world problems to have. Okay, he will he will get on the line of scrimmage because he's going to have to here at some point. But yes, uh, look, they to me though overall that game. I don't know what else you could ask for. They dismantled Chicago. John's got a question about Rice's drops. You know, I mean, I oh yeah, sure. You don't want to see guys dropping passes. That last one, the turn to an interception. I like to see the other angle of it. I thought the DB got his arm in there. Maybe he didn't. I got to tell you, though, I think Rice is going to be a really good player. Like, yeah. a really, really good player. 
Zach Cade, when he's got the ball in his hands, the kid is a problem. Like he runs guys over, runs past guys. You can tell Mahomes has confidence in him, throws it to him. Like, yes, you never want to drop the ball, but do I do I have like a ton of concern? No, I actually am pretty bullish on Rashid Rice. I think he's gonna be very good. Yeah, I was saying before you got here that both of those catches that he got from Mahomes over the middle where he turned around and almost got to the end zone, I was just having Juju Smith Schuster flashback flashbacks. Yeah. That's exactly what Juju did all last year. Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny you said that. I thought about that at one point in the game. Except he's a better athlete than Jesus yeah. Smith Schuster is, right? Yeah. Like, but you're right. I mean, he's that big-bodied, over the middle. He's the kind of guy you throw a slant to, and some DB just bounces off of him. Yeah. He's big and he's physical. I I really think if you're the Chiefs, but, but by the way, and, I, and maybe you led with this. Obviously, I was finishing up my column over at SI. To me, and I wrote this in my column at SI, which by the way, check out the front page of the website after this. Um my biggest takeaway with the Chiefs has nothing to do with their offense. If they continue to play defense like this, they are going to be absolutely unstoppable. I mean, they are killing teams. And the next person says, well, it's the Bears. I, I get that. What about Jacksonville and Detroit? Yeah. Who have been laying it on to all the Jacksonville today, nice game. But, like, these are top-flight offense, couldn't do anything. And I don't care who you're playing. You hold the team under 100 passing yards in a game, that's nuts. Yeah. Especially in a game where you're up by so many points. A lot of times you're in pre-event, you're sitting back, you're trading, you know, you're trading yards with time. Justin Fields had 99 yards passing. And before the Chiefs yanked half of their front seven out of the game, he had 42 yards and a pick. Yeah. I mean, Gabbert almost had more passing yards than Fields to that point in the game. Yeah. These was, guys that's when, that's the headline of the game. When these guys, people don't realize when these guys get going, they work so damn hard at this. When they start dominating an opponent and they're out there, like they just, they're like a racehorse, right? Like you get at the racehorse and they're out, out on the track and they're, they're they want to run. It's just what it's exactly what you saw the Dolphins do to the Broncos. Like they didn't care. They started dominating those guys and they wanted more. The Chiefs defense did not let up that whole game against the Bears. It was really. By the way, I, I know this is Arrowhead. Ad. Can we take just a minute just to just don't look at the Broncos and, and appreciate what has become what might be the biggest catastrophe in the NFL. Yeah. They trade they're averaging they're averaging giving up 40.6 points per game. The Chiefs this season on defense have allowed what 41? Is that right? No, no. On defense, that's 41 total. On defense, 17? allowed 9, 10, 33 points. So the Chiefs are allowing less points all year than Denver gave up in the first half today to Miami. But but one of those touchdowns was the pick. I, I disallowed that. Did you yeah. disallow that? Yeah. Yeah, they've been. 33 points. They've been spectacular. Very, very exciting. We got a couple of super chats. Um, let's see. Uh, Slaw Style says, Juwan Taylor is only being picked on because the Chiefs are so much in the public eye. We only had one. We only had one noon Sunday game. The whole world is going to see him. That's that's definitely true. Yep. Um, and then we got uh, Leon Sandcastle. What's up, Leon? It's been a minute. Um, hope you're still looking fresh. Uh, great game. Let's fucking go. Thank you, Leon. And then from uh, Derek Watson, if the offense defense teams can keep this production up, it's going to be a special season. I, I agree. And look. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be new struggles that emerge. There's going to be injuries, all of those types of things. And yes, it won't be the Bears every week. But I'll tell you what, man, they're complete as a complete team as Patrick Mahomes has ever had. It's not even close. Mike Dana, I want to call out Mike Dana. 
Yeah, we talked right. like early, you know, before the season started, like Mike Dan is going to be really important with, the, with, with no Chris Jones. And, and, and he's been sensational. He's in a contract year. He's uh, some, I saw somebody tweet. I think it was our guy, Stacy. Mike Dan is playing himself off the team, which he is. Cause the chiefs aren't probably aren't going to be able to afford him. If he keeps playing like he's playing, he's going to, he's going to secure the bag from somebody. He's, he's given me Wallace Gilberry vibes. Remember him? Yeah. He was a good player for them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, by the way, yeah, uh, not, I, I made a statement on it. It's true, but it's actually even funnier if you think about it. The Chiefs have given up 33 points on defense this year. And I said that they gave up, uh, they've given up less than the Broncos gave up in the first half today. Also true of the second half. <laughs> yes. Then they gave up 35 yes. points in each half. Brilliant. So, um, well, I mean, that is just incredible. By the way, Chiefs see Denver, uh, twice basically in the next month. So yeah, keep that in mind. Um, no, listen, it's, if you're the Chiefs, I think you feel great we are. I mean, look around the AFC. So Jacksonville gets not only upset, but pasted by Houston. Baltimore loses to the Colts with a backup quarterback. Oh, Minshew's a good backup, but still. So Baltimore's now 2-1. and one. The only undefeated team in the conference is Miami. Okay, sitting at 3-0. Miami looks great. Miami plays Buffalo. Buffalo next week. This should be a great game. That's fine. The Bills are 2-1. and one. The Chargers are one and two. The Broncos are 0 and three. Steelers Raiders play tonight. Bengals are 0 and two. Who knows what's going on? Burrow. Jacksonville's one and two. I got to tell you, you're the Chiefs. You're in a pretty damn good position right now. You feel great about where you are. You are two and one. You, I think, will be in position uh, first place all by yourself in the division by the end of the time. I expect Pittsburgh to win. Your next five games are the Jets with Zach Wilson, one and two. Then you play the Vikings, who are winless and have maybe the worst defense in the league. Then you play Denver, who just gave up 70 points. <laughs> then you play the Chargers, who statistically do have the worst defense in the league. And we'll see with Mike Williams. He had to be carted to the bus after the game. Jeez. And then you get Denver again, and they're 70 points, 40 point per game defense. Um, by the way, they're averaging giving up 40.6 points per game, and two of their games have come against Sam Howell and Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's like an analytical guy who could adjust that. That's got to be like they're actually allowing 78 points per game, right? Like there's got to be some kind of like adjusted for Jimmy. Right, right. Handicap. Handicap. Yeah, like there's got to be some kind of like, well, if you actually factor in like who they played, they've got this many points. I I just, man, I mean, the Chiefs next five games, and then they play the Dolphins and the Eagles with a buy in between, which will be amazing. But I – I see a lot of people like, what do you think about Miami? Miami's looked amazing. But I also think, you know, look, would, I, would I feel good about the Chiefs in any game? Yeah, I would. Because whenever the Chiefs have played teams like that, they usually end up figuring it out. But Miami looks amazing. Miami looks great. Um, so did Buffalo last year. And Buffalo barely beat Scott Thompson in the playoff. I, I picked the Dolphins with the AFC East. I think they're going to be very, very good. Um, if I was picking an AFC title game right now, it'd be Kansas City and Miami. But – I don't, I don't get into all that stuff in September. Right now, it's about being healthy and winning games. Like, call me about Miami in, in December. Yeah, I, and you're, you're seeing right teams now, figure right. out who they are right now. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. people – everybody was reading the eulogy for the Bills after that week one game. They've looked great the last two weeks. The defense looks really One-way strong. One time in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's somebody – I see Alan F. says, remember when preseason when Patrick picked Denver to finally beat Kansas City? I did. 
I did. I'll own that one. It, that's looking like a terrible prediction. But I will say that I also on Thursday predicted that the Chiefs would beat the Bears 42 to 6. And I was pretty damn close on that one. So it's not all next, bad. Next week, Denver plays Chicago in a game that may truly set the sport back 500 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said, uh, I, I, I quote tweeted you when you tweeted, when you tweeted that. And I said, yeah. somebody's got to win unless they tie. That game ending in a tie would be the most perfect outcome I can imagine other than a sinkhole swallowing both teams if if Denver loses that game I don't care how they do it if they lose that game Sean Payton might actually just spontaneously combust at the 50-yard line right <laughs> like I don't know where you go it's one thing to lose it's another thing okay you got beat by the Raiders at home who have been who were awful last week we'll see what happens tonight they get beat by Washington after being up 21-3 at home Washington just got beat 37 to 3 at home by Buffalo. Again, barely survived the Cardinals at home. And then you get absolutely plowed. And like, I get Miami's been playing well. I mean, Miami didn't have 70 points combined in its first two games. You give up 70, 70 points. And by the way, the more amazing thing to me, not that 70 points isn't amazing, it certainly is. Miami had 726 yards of offense. It's a video. That's video. That's game. unbelievable. You yeah. couldn't play a Madden game. And put it on the easiest level and play with the 99 Rams and have seven, 726 yards? Yeah. That's impossible. I, I'll tell you what. Denver, watch them closely in that game against the Bears because – How many they, of them just quit? Right. Like if, if they, they don't yeah. – if they, if they don't win that game, it's over, man. I mean, oh. they, they, you might as well forget it because um, they're just – their morale is going to be – Somebody said that Sean Payton might just drown Russell Wilson in Lake Michigan. And <laughs> Jimmy Trimble said that. Hilarious. So I was, I, I was thinking about it. I know we can move on. I was thinking about it. You imagine that flight back from, from South Beach today for the Broncos. Like, was, was Russell Wilson just solemnly doing high knees? Like, just going up and down the – going yeah. like, all right, guys, listen, I got I to gotta do this for the brand, but I'm yeah. going to do it respectfully. Yeah. So – and like, how many of those did he get through? But Sean, Sean Payton got in a three-point stance in the aisle, and he's like, I mean, it's. And the funny thing is, like, to be fair to Wilson, not that he was great today, but like, he threw for three hundred yards. Yeah, he actually threw twenty-three of thirty-eight, three hundred six, a touchdown, and a pick. Like, he actually was pretty good, and they lost by fifty points. So that's where things are right now in the Mile High City. Yeah, it's not good. So we did have a super chat, and we touched on uh, Miami, but um, Richard. Asked Matt, you know, what what do you think it will take when we play Miami? Now, look, Miami obviously really explosive on offense. They're not going to score seventy points every week, as as good as they are. It's, it's a it's a little fluky. Their defense isn't great, and oh, it's not. That's the way I would lean. Is that hey, you know, the Chiefs have a really good defense. They're going to be able to hang, and and they're going to have an offense that can hang with Miami. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Chiefs defensively are definitely better than Miami's defensively. And, you know, I think that Steve Spagnuolo's proven he's a pretty damn good coordinator over the years. Like, they will do something to cause a problem in that game. I just, look, the Chiefs have won a million big games. And Miami, I am a believer in the Dolphins. I have been since preseason. But, like, Miami's never won a big game with this team. That doesn't mean they can't do it. But if you said to me right now, who do I have more confidence in in January? Kansas City. I mean, I... And I'm not saying that because, you know, I grew up a Chiefs fan. It's just the truth. I mean, that, it's the same thing. I always felt that way when teams would get off these crazy starts and people would be like, who's better, them or the Patriots? Like, the Patriots. Because I've seen that team win 100 games that matter. You know, like, I just I, – I, to me, 
I know Miami's off to an amazing start, and they deserve all the credit in the world. It is three games. Like, see where you are in week 12, week 14. I mean, Buffalo last year was unbelievable the first six, seven weeks of the year. At the end of the year, they were they were pretty average, quite honestly. Yeah, I just think Miami's awesome. I also think it's a long year. It's a long year. And the Chiefs, the first time they won the Super Bowl, they're six and four, right? Like, it's just, where are you at Thanksgiving? Where are you at Christmas? Talk to me about it then. Do you feel, are you getting some, like, first-year Patrick Mahomes vibes from Miami? I mean, look, they played the Chargers in, in, in week one, and that was a shootout. You know, the Chargers have a terrible defense. And then they went and they played New England, who – they beat 24 to 17, looked very much mortal in that game. New England is about as average a team as you can get in the NFL right now, I think, but it's Belichick. He's always going to have a good scheme. Is that more of the kind of games you expect when Miami plays more upper tier teams? Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard. It's hard to judge it based on three games in the sense that, listen, what they did today was unbelievable. Okay. I'm not, what they did today was historic. But, like, do I think they're going to do that week in and week out? Of course not. Nobody's doing that week in and week out. The first two games of the year, they beat it up on a Chargers defense that, frankly, stinks. And, again, though, credit to them. I mean, they scored 36 points in that game and had two red zone turnovers. So, I mean, the Dolphins are moving the ball and scoring at an unbelievable rate. But I think Spagnuolo is going to do a lot of what Belichick did in that, that Sunday night game where he's just going to say, you know what? I don't care. You want to move down the field with these drips and drabs. We're going to let you do it. We're going to rally and tackle. And maybe he surprises me. Maybe he says, you know what? Our corners can match up, and we are going to go after you, and we're going to double hill on every play and go from there. I mean, I, I think the Dol- like the idea that the Dolphins now are just unstoppable offensively. I mean, they had all these guys last year on offense. The same coach. It's not like all of a sudden they added five guys. I mean, they chained the backup right fine. But, I mean, they're not – it's not like all of a sudden they went out and got Tyree Hill like yesterday. I mean, this same group is the team that you look at. And, I mean, listen, they to me, if two is healthy, are a top five offense in the league. I have major questions about the defense, and I have major questions about, you know, can they can they sustain what they're doing? I mean, what they're doing right now offensively, they'd be one of the greatest offenses to ever play. I, I don't I don't get into all that stuff. It's week three. Yeah. This season is so long. It's so long. I'm curious to see how they play against Buffalo because Buffalo has a real defense. So that is going to be interesting. But right now, Miami looks great. But would I pick them to win the Super Bowl right now? No, I wouldn't. I would not. You're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor and hit that like button here with with, – I'm Patrick. Here with Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated. How do you think Tyreek Hill feels going for – going for nine receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown and having somebody else get 50 more receiving yards. Keenan Allen, talk about having a day over there in uh, in L.A. Minnesota is an abomination on defense. Yeah. I watched that whole game. And by, by the way, both those teams. I, anybody who's like, the Chargers are back, go watch that game and tell me they're back. Herbert, to his credit, was excellent today. It had to be. They can't do anything else. Defense stinks. The running game's hit and miss. The offensive line is okay. It's you know Slater's excellent, obviously, but like the rest of that line, Lindsley's the one other guy you look at and go, "Are you solid?" 
I mean, the Chargers, there's going to be a bunch of games like this where they're going to score points. And then they're going to, I mean, Staley had another one of his like Brendan Staley genius moments where it's fourth and one at their own 24, up four under two minutes to go. And they run like a dive into the line and get nothing. But then Cousins, as only Cousins can do, gets them to the line of scrimmage and, the, and they're like inside the Chargers 10. Yeah. The clock's ticking. All he's got to do is spike the ball, and they have like 20 seconds left and three shots at the end zone if they need him. Cousins panics like he's never played an NFL game before and throws an interception. Like It was just one of the weirder – but again, it's the Chargers and it's the Vikings. So that's fine. The Chargers found a way to win the game. I, I don't – to me, that game means nothing. The Chargers – they're the Chargers. They're still going to have a bunch of games this year that make absolutely no sense. They'll win a they'll win a few of them. They'll lose a few of them. Um, I mean, their schedule coming up. Look, next week they play the Raiders. They'll kill the Raiders. Then they have a bye, a very early bye. And then they play the Cowboys and the Chiefs. And I think they're going to lose both those games. So, to me, it's fine. After that, they get the Bears and the Jets, and they, and they have a pretty tough schedule you know, for a while there. But, I, look, I think the Chargers are going to be right around 500. They're no to me. They're no threat to Kansas City, and you know it is what it is. Williams might be out for a while, which would be unfortunate, but it, it seems like he was hurt somewhat significantly. So you know the Chargers are in a little bit of a weird way right now. I know we got to let you go here in a minute, but I, I we bring you here to for your hardcore football analysis. So you have to tell me what is your opinion on Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. That whole circus that surely is not going to die down anytime soon. This week, it's going to be all over the place. I think it's fantastic. You know what? At this point, I was laughing. My, my dad's in town, so we were watching the, the game together. and um, We were laughing about like how many times when they went to commercial, the Chiefs are just on commercials. I mean, Mahomes is doing State Farm. Andy's doing State Farm. Mahomes is doing Subway. Chad Henney is doing Subway. Right. Yeah, he's retired. He's yeah. getting, Mahomes is just cutting everybody in. Yeah. Kelsey's doing direct TV. Chris Jones is doing direct TV. Then Kelsey's doing Pfizer, which I can only imagine the reaction to that in some corners of the world, but we'll yeah. leave that alone. So Kelsey's doing Pfizer. They come back from all these commercials. There's Taylor Swift with Donna Kelsey up in the box. And of course, he scores a touchdown, and then Mahomes after the game is saying, "I had to get him a touchdown because I know Taylor's in the building for him." All this. I mean, it's just they have, uh, with due respect to uh, the Cowboys, it has now become they are America's team. I mean, they are just—they're impossible to miss. They're everywhere. They're—they're they're on commercials. They're on every primetime game you can possibly think of. They got the most—I mean, I would think it's fair to say she's not the most popular entertainer in the world at this point pretty easily her and beyonce right yeah right yeah. sure beyonce give her her flowers but like yeah. i mean that's really all we're missing at this point i mean of course beyonce is, is, is married so it's, it's going to be kind of a tough sell at this point but like can beyonce just become a chief fan yeah like just a huge fan of like whoever i don't care it doesn't even matter who it is she's she's a huge fan of uh nick bolton right and like i mean really the chiefs have achieved nirvana at this point yeah like, they score a touchdown they're up 41 nothing. And the, the, the Fox cameras zoom up to Taylor Swift just <laughs> jumping around, chest bumping. My yeah, dad, the glass. yeah, yeah. It has become. I'm I'm all for it. It's hysterical. Can you imagine if like it actually works out to have him get married? What that would be like? It, it Travis Kelsey's having one hell of a year. I gotta say, man. Most popular sports podcast, Super Bowl, maybe is dating Taylor Swift. At least his buddies 
with one of the most popular, the most popular he, performer we, in the world. We got to get S- SNL to have him back as a host, and then her as the musical. Yeah, host. it's brilliant. That's brilliant. Right? Like if you're yeah. if you're Lauren Michaels, how much money are you offering to get them out there? Right. 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 I mean, get him to do it on a bye week or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's real. I mean, it really has got. I mean, as a Chiefs fan, could you ever have pictured this where you have all these players, they're raising banners left and right. Taylor Swift's up in a up in a suite, you know, because now she and Kelsey are an item, apparently. I mean, it's just I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. They're doing every other commercial. I mean, really, what we're missing now is just like the most random chief in the world getting a commercial. Yeah. Like give like Malik Herring a Burger King commercial. Yeah. Tommy Townsend. Anybody just bring yeah. them all in. Like the, yeah. at this point, the stars need to just start folding in the other guys. Right. Like, listen, we'll, we'll work with you on Burger King, but you got to include the entire defensive line. Oh yeah. Bring them in. Bring them know, in. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Matt Verderham from Sports Illustrated. Matt, thank you for joining us. You'll be back sometime soon. Uh, always appreciate your insight on the Chiefs. Make sure you're following Matt on Twitter. I believe he's at, at Matt Verderam. And, uh, of course, be reading his work over at sportsillustrated.com. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks for coming. Thanks a lot. Yep. Take care. Yeah. All right. That was Matt Verderam. Uh, hilarious guy. Always miss having him on the show. Let's get let's get our other hosts in here. Sterling Holmes, Joe Summers. What's up, fellas? Let's go, Huge baby. Huh? I mean, Taylor Swift sacks for the defense Patrick Mahomes slinging the ball all over the yard Joe what's your thought what are your thoughts on this game I know you guys did halftime well I'm fired up I was big on the Chiefs to cover the 11 and a half point spread that moved to 12 and we came out and fulfilled every expectation that I had going into the game Mahomes looked great the defense Fabulous performance. Kelsey was really heavily involved. He looked healthy. McKinnon finally got in there with a couple touchdowns. Rasheed Rice, the five catches, looks great. When I was going into this game, I expected us to roll the Bears in in my like perfect creation of how I wanted the game to go. It's exactly how it went. We looked excellent, and it's a, it's a beautiful, perfect day in Kansas City. Sterling, we called it a get-right game. Are the Chiefs right now? Oh, yeah. That offense is humming. I will say, little two tidbits that make me nervous. Juwan Taylor, obviously, which I'm sure you guys harped on a ton. That second one obviously looked like he was lined up correctly. Don't know what he could have done differently. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the camera angle didn't show the full picture. But Juwan Taylor sure looked like he was lined up correctly on that eventual MVS touchdown. And two, Rasheed Rice looked very, very good. But he also had a drop that turned into an interception. Okay. If that, that's the only two negatives I have from the entire game. Uh, I mean, just start to finish incredible performance, especially by the defense. Got to give them just all of the credit in the world. No Nick Bolton, right? No green dot, the leading tackler. He's out. So what do the chiefs do? Don't miss a beat. Okay, it was outstanding, quite frankly, just full transparency. I missed a $5 bet for 140 bucks because Roshan Johnson needed two more yards. I thought, no, Nick Bolton, Roshan Johnson's going to get there. Okay, yeah. he's going to get there. Didn't get there. You know why? Because Drew Tranquil, Leo Chanel, Willie Gay Jr., Jack Conkren, they got it done. Derek Nottie is quietly having a very nice season up front for the Chiefs. Chris Jones obviously sees all those incentives and says, you know what? I'm going to hit all those incentives. I got to make that money up somehow. Let me yeah. get that 15 sacks. Um, 
Joshua Williams looked good. Trip McDuffie looks outstanding. An absolute lockdown corner. Legereus Sneed traveling with DJ Moore the majority, at least, of the first, what, half, first three quarters. Legereus- he didn't do anything until the end of the game. Jalen Watson was locked all over DJ Moore on one step. And you're just sitting here going through the list of players, just the plethora of talent this Chiefs defense has. They're young, they're cost-controlled, and Steve Spagnuolo knows how to use them. They're fast, they fly around, and the versatility rings true. Man, this defense, I can't say enough superlatives about them. Yeah, uh, a guy you didn't mention who I talked about earlier in the show is Mike Dana, man. I, yes. we've been talk- I've been talking about Mike Dana since August. He stepped up big time for this team. Um, they needed him. He's been fantastic. The Chiefs are uh, – and they got a guy coming back. They're, they're absolutely incredible. Nick Bolton out in this one. Didn't matter, as you mentioned. I'm really – I just keep getting more and more pressed, impressed with Leo Chanel and his, his maturation. And it's just like – that's a guy that, like, you didn't – I didn't expect him to make this kind of leap. I mean, I know it's early, but, like – he, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a guy. He's going to come in. He's going to be a thumper for you. He's good to death. He's like this. This defense just starting to look better and better. When you have a guy like that start to make the leap and you're sitting there going like, man, like he's 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 almost as good as Willie Gay Jr. Now, like, and, oh, God, did you see that that forearm shiver Willie Gay Jr. Did, gave to Justin? I was glad Justin Fields is OK. I don't think that was intentional. He was just flying in to make the tackle. But, ooh. And I see, I just want to say, I see a great comment from Jimmy that I think encapsulates everything we need to say. This Chiefs defense right now already looks top five. And he says, What if we have the number one defense before Charles Eminahu returns? And that's a big takeaway from this. No Nick Bowen today, obviously didn't need it against a horrendous Chicago Bears team, but Charles Eminahu returns. And we've been talking about all offseason long the difference he can make rushing from the interior especially alongside chris jones that is going to be a game record especially hopefully by then you'll see more fau will have his feet his legs underneath him carl loftus looks like a consistent force and obviously the underrated unsung mike dana consistently get it done on the outside mike dana and justin watson they might be the same thing offense and defense right always underrated always talk about well they don't have the the most talent right you know, maybe we should give some snaps to more talented dudes out there, right? The potential's not there, but what do they do? They're consistent contributors, and they find ways to get it done. Super high motor, uh, motors. Um, man, just, again, I think Jim, that's a good point. Once Charles who returns, this defense will look even more electric. Uh, I was going to say, it's, it's very convenient that he comes back in week six prior to our matchup with the Dolphins, because you can go ahead and circle that on your calendars right now. The, our showdown with the Dolphins looks like a winner of this game has the inside track to the number one seed in the conference type of situation. And I've been encouraged by the performance of Dana. I'm excited to see what a minute he brings to the table. I, I do have to give Brett Veach his props as well, because the performance of McDuffie and Carl Loftus adding another half sack to his total, the draft picks he's made over early in the draft over the last several years are paying off in big dividends right now. And it's really exciting to see. And we, I, I agree with you, Sterling. I think that we're going to be looking at our team with a top three or so defense. And then when we come into the matchup with the Dolphins, the Tyreek Hill and all those storylines surrounding it, that's going to be the showdown where we get our ultimate test of if it's for real or not. Uh, I see this message from Tone B. Always appreciate you, Tone. Uh, says, slow down, top five defense is a stretch. Lions, okay, but Jacksonville and Chicago, slow down. Well, I I might be a little overzealous right now with top five defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
What they've done so far has clearly been a top five defense. Again, you can only play the teams in front of you. The Detroit Lions were top five DVOA offensively last year. That's a top five offense for, for all you analytical folks out there, as well as points per game and yards. Jacksonville was in a, a, a ascending young offensive-minded team. Yeah, they've struggled this year, but Jacksonville's offense is supposed to be very, very good. Bears, I will grant you, they are two scoops of ass. But let's be real now, the Dallas Cowboys, everyone's been throwing them nonstop, saying the best defense, best defense, best defense. Okay, yeah, the Giants are, are horrendous, right? They're brutal. They're not even close to the Detroit Lions. Then you also have, let's say, the Jets, right? Wasn't the Jets the second game, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Cowboys played? Oh, yeah, Zach Wilson, that's a real good test. Uh, I will take Jacksonville over them. They gave up 28 points to Josh Dobbs. I mean, come on now. I get what you're saying. I would, in a nutshell, take the Cowboys defense over the Chiefs. I think they're probably more talented. But the point remains, you can only play who's on your schedule. And what we have seen for this Chiefs defense right now screams to me top five. Oh, yeah, they're right there. I mean, I think if you look, the Cleveland Browns defense is, is really, really good. Um, they they struggled a little bit against Pittsburgh, but it was mainly because of Pittsburgh's defense getting to Deshaun Watson. They're really good. The Bills defense is really good. The Cowboys, I don't know what happened today, but I, you know, I think they're also going to be really good over the course of the year. No defense can be dominant for 17 games in a row. And then, of course, San Francisco. And then after that, it's Kansas City. Like, you Eagles. Know, like, I don't know if you said Eagles. I think Eagles probably can make a case. But they've struggled. Not this year. year. They've not been very good this year. They've they, they've been struggling. They're giving up a lot of points. Um, we'll see, you know, when they get their game this week how they do. But they've they've struggled to stop tight ends. Again, it's early. You know, sometimes people come out and they're hot on offense to start the year, and then they, they're not actually that good. So we'll see how it goes over the length. But, like, this shouldn't really be a surprise. The Chiefs have invested over and over and over again in young talent for this defense. They've tried to make strategic decisions to bring in veteran guys to help plug holes for them. And we've been saying for about two years now, boy, with, and we didn't know when it was going to happen, but we were saying when this defense grows up, if they all grow up, it, it could be something really special. And what, what is happening this year, and there's a guy that we haven't mentioned, Joe mentioned him briefly, Trent McDuffie's having an all-pro season so far. He's absolutely incredible. Now, I don't know if he'll get it. He needs to get the, the talk, right? That, that's how that works. The media is going to vote on that. So, But right now, I mean, that, that, that fumble that he caused helps his case. It gets you on, on film, but he's been absolutely sensational. He's a big reason why this defense is having so much success because he's, he's just locking, locking things down. He's fantastic. That should be really, really exciting. So the Chiefs haven't had a guy like that since maybe Marcus Peters. It was just like, I mean, it's been great for them, but like, not like this. This is fantastic. And it's done a different way. Marcus Peters was a little flashier, right? Maybe yeah, Brandon yeah. Flowers, if you want to go way back yonder, right? A guy that might not have a ton of interceptions, but stays in guys' hip pockets. And quite frankly, teams throw away from him. Because Trent yeah. McDuffie is not the biggest guy. We know about the arm size. We know about uh, the height and all this. He's not this 6'3 corner. He's not uh, Tyreek Woolen. He's not Sauce Gardner. He's not a, a bigger bodied guy. He's not Jalen Ramsey. But he does a great job tack uh, tackling. He's very physical. And he, he already plays like a veteran. Yeah, he's in his second year. But let's be real. He missed the majority of last year. This is a redshirt freshman to an extent. McDuffie, again, I don't know if he gets all pro. Because you're not going to probably see the interception numbers. 
but he will be very deserving of it. He's right there in the conversation for me with Sauce Gardner. He's not as good as Sauce. As far as in general, I'm not going to try and go there, but as far as the conversation of all pro of Sauce Gardner, of Christian Gonzalez, the rookie from the uh, the Patriots, I think he is just phenomenal. I've watched a ton of his snaps. Yeah, he looked really, good, yeah. really good. I mean, let's be real, though. Trent McDuffie, as you guys are, are mentioning, he is truthfully blossoming into a lockdown CB1. Yeah, yeah, he he's fantastic. Joe? But, and and the way that he plays is so entertaining. The physical, I'm going to make a difficult tackle type of, of style that pairs so perfectly with Jarius Sneed and Spagnuolo's system. Like He is a tailor-made Kansas City Chiefs style of corner. And to, I mean, to, to put forth the output that he has to this point is extremely impressive. And I love seeing another, another number 22. We had Marcus Peters, and now we've got him. And I, I think that when we look at the end of the season, Pro Bowl at worst, and we could be looking at a second team or first team also pro type of guy. Shout out to Justin for the super chat. Really appreciate you, Justin. And then Wiley says, and appreciate you for the super chat, Wiley. Very, very kind. Says, our young secondary players are looking midseason form or better already. Love seeing them blanket the Bears today. No one was open all day. We've mentioned it, obviously. We're used to seeing SPAC's defense kind of grow second half of the season. But touching to the uh, last part of your uh, super chat there, saying no one was open all day. I know Justin Fields is bad, right? So if you want to take quarterback out of the equation for a second, even if it was Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Patrick freaking Mahomes, it would have made that much of a difference because the cornerbacks were draped all over those wide receivers. Now I get you want to say Chase Claypool, he can't get open, right? You know, he's a 78-year-old grandmother's reason why the Steelers gave up on him. Okay, fine. But DJ Moore is a legitimate, solid wide receiver one and a great route runner and separator. The only catch he really had that was of any salt was the crazy one-handed one where, quite frankly, it was great defense on. I mean, again, you are completely correct. If you want to take the Bears out of the equation and just focus on the wide receivers versus the Chiefs secondary, just based on route running, Chiefs won that matchup time and time again. Yeah, and something I want to point out about the defense that we haven't really talked about yet, but it's pretty remarkable, and I think it speaks a lot to how good they are and how important they are. So with three minutes and five seconds left in the second quarter, Jarek McKinnon caught a three-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs went up 21 to nothing. That was with three minutes and five seconds left. The Chiefs kicked the ball off. In that three minutes and five seconds, the Chiefs scored two field goals and a touchdown. <laughs> Harrison Bucker, a 41-yard field goal with 151 to go. In that 151, the Chiefs scored a touchdown and a field goal. Isaiah Pacheco at 106. One-yard touchdown run, and then Harrison Bucker, his time expires. I mean, just everything was working. Chiefs defense is just like, we'll just get the ball back and give it to you, and we'll score again, and we'll score again. And if it wasn't for that penalty, they would have scored They would have scored another touchdown. And a field goal and two touchdowns. It was crazy. I was dying because I was jokingly saying when the Bears get the ball back with a minute 53 left, right, I said the Bears should just kneel. The Bears should just call it, just say, just kneel, man. It just, if it's a bad first half, go in, regroup, come out for the second. And then you saw it was the interception, right? If I'm not mistaken, the, the Justin Fields pick, was that what followed, transpired? Was that the McDuffie fumble? Um, there were so many electric moments, yeah, especially from the defense. I'm, I'm having trouble discerning which one it was, but it was the mistake from Justin Fields, whether or whatever it was. And I'm sitting here going, that is why you should have knelt. Just go yeah, in the second half. <laughs> so, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs won on an 11 play, 88 yard drive to go up 21 to nothing. 
Then, then here's how the rest of the, the, the half went for the Bears. One play, zero yards, fumble. Then the Chiefs went four plays in three yards and got a field goal. Then the Bears, two plays, interception. Then the Chiefs, three plays, touchdown. Bears, three plays, punt. Chiefs, five plays, 45 yards, and a field goal. I mean, that was just – that's like that's like what I do to teams like at the, at the end of a Madden half. You know what I mean? Like you just like you, you, it's like totally unrealistic and you just rack up like two more touchdowns in the last minute and a half of, of a Madden game. So let's talk a little bit about the offense. I saw some questions earlier from somebody and forgive me. I don't remember who it was at this point, but somebody was asking like, you know, the, the sentiment was basically, damn it. Why do we keep giving like whole series of carries to Clyde Edwards, Alaire? Joe, do you have a theory on this? Uh, well, I mean, we knew that Pacheco going into this week was a little bit banged up. And I anticipated a healthy dose of Clyde. Look, it's no issue to keep the guys fresh in the backfield. They obviously have their roles. And if we are in a matchup that requires a more intensive game plan than the Chicago Bears, then I don't think the Clyde's going to be on the field very much. But when you're looking at this kind of an opponent that's going through all the turmoil they're going through, and we're – 12 and a half point favorites. Yeah. Get Clyde some touches. And frankly, he looked pretty good with those touches. The, he looked, I mean, obviously slower than Pacheco, but Clyde, Clyde looked, looked solid. And I have no problem with working him in, keeping Pacheco fresh, keeping McKinnon in there for third downs, red zone, two minute drill. And um, it, it was exactly what I expected. Frankly, if we were going to play like, you know, the Bengals and the, the AFC championship game or some kind of playoff game, I don't think Clyde's on the field, but today yeah. it made sense. 100% agree. We know why the Chiefs are keeping McKinnon, his touches light. We know what the Chiefs' game plan is. Second half of the year, the big games, the playoffs, that's McKinnon's role, right? He's a pass catcher almost exclusively in this offense until that uh, moment arises. In regards to Isaiah Pacheco, he was coming off of an injury. So, yes, you're right. He wasn't going to handle a full workload. And, by the way, let me give you a couple of stats here. You, you discern who is who. Uh, one guy had 15 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown, long of 18. One guy had 15 carries for 55 yards, one touchdown long of 16 uh, sure Pacheco was one Clyde was two I will also say Clyde was getting the rock when they knew they were running the football trying to run the clock out again I'm not this is not some huge case for Clyde Edwards Alaire but sometimes I think we get so infuriated by where he was drafted we don't take the full context in here again I always say it is a sunk cost he is on this team he has a role I'm with you, Joe. I'm 100% with you. If this was the AFC Championship game, you're giving Pacheco and you're giving Jared McKinnon way more touches. But McK- I-, I thought Clyde looked pretty darn good for the majority of mm-hmm. this game. He had a couple of really nice cutbacks that I was like, wow, I have not seen that from Clyde since uh, college, potentially. I know I- I'm not saying that. Again, Clyde's this super elusive, super uh, bowling ball, great vision, all the – but he's fine. Like he, he was fine. He served a role. And I think in this game specifically, he served it really well. Yeah. The chiefs look, the chiefs ran the, the ball over 30 times in this game. It's, it's week three. You do not want to be given Isaiah Pacheco 30 carries in any game, unless it's, it's a, it's a winner go home type game. The chiefs get it. Like it, back in the day. Sure. He, he would have probably gotten 30 carries and then he would have played for three years. And then that would have been it. He runs really hard. He's got a he's got a bruising style. You want to save that. You want to keep him healthy, especially coming into the game questionable. You didn't know if he was going to play. I think it was a hamstring that was bothering him. You know those can linger. You don't want to mess with that. So Chiefs did the right thing here. That's why Clyde Edwards-Alaire is on this roster. It's because he's a perfectly serviceable back, and he can help you 
you know, absorb some of that punishment that you know your running backs are going to get going between the tackles. Note that they only gave Jarek McKinnon two carries in this game, and that's smart. They want him out in space. He's a smaller guy. They don't want him taking that kind of abuse. They want him for later in the season. I think the Chiefs are handling this expertly. They just, you know, you don't want to see maybe maybe you don't want to see Clyde out there in a in a like a a close game in the fourth quarter. Then maybe you want to mm. see them going to Pacheco. But I think that I think they're doing it just right, and it's smart, and it's going to matter if he's available come the games that really matter, which is when the Chiefs are trying to win another Super Bowl. You could do a lot worse. Sorry, you could do a lot worse than Clyde as your third best running back. I do want to point out the Chiefs offensive line, again, zero sacks in this game. Um, I know we're probably going to talk about the penalties, or at least I should say we have talked about the penalties a good amount. So I kind of want to move on from that. The injuries weren't great, especially with Wanye Morris and – who else was it? Who, and Lucas Niang, both inactive for this game when Prince Teguanoga had to go in because uh, Juwan Taylor was in the doghouse, and then all of a sudden Donovan Smith had to go out for a game. I see as Jeremy put in there, Donovan Smith missed that one play, and it was good, just a direct shot to Mahomes. Uh, I don't know if you want Prince Teguanoga as your left tackle. Don't know if that's the best role for him. But as a whole, the offensive line looked outstanding. They gave Mahomes all the time he needed. I mean, he could sit back there. He could uh, make some make some sushi. He could barbecue for us here in Chiefs Kingdom. He could he could make some some brisket all day, all day, low and slow. Didn't matter. You can make some chili. Mahomes had all day in that pocket. He allowed his receivers to get open. He went to Travis Kelsey early and often, but early on he really focused on Travis Kelsey. I think it allowed uh, the rest of the young wide receivers to be like, all right. We have Travis Kelsey back. He's doing his thing. He's number one. Let's try and focus more. The pressure's off our shoulders now. We can go out and play. I just thought it was a huge situation for the offensive line to give Mahomes time. Yeah, it, the, the offensive line has been very good with their pass blocking. Obviously, we talked about the Juwan Taylor thing earlier. It just has to be fixed. Some way, somehow, they got to fix the penalties because at a certain point, the Chiefs are going to play a close game and they're going to get hurt by those penalties. But look, the good news is the Chiefs, should be looking pretty good here with the games that they've got coming up. They got the mm-hmm. Jets next uh, next week on Sunday Night Football. They got the Vikings, who can't Can stop wait. a nosebleed. And then they got the Broncos, who also can't stop a nosebleed. And then the Chargers, who are badly coached and can't stop a nosebleed. Now, some of those teams can put up points. The Vikings, the Chargers, even the Broncos can score a little bit. So the Chiefs are going to need to be on their game offensively. Next week's a great test for them. Going to New York... That's a good defense. It's going to be a little bit easier on them because their defense is going to go up against the Jets offense with Zach Wilson. But still, Sauce Gardner, they've got good players on that Jets defense. It'll be a nice test for these young receivers. If the Chiefs can play somewhere in the vicinity on offense next week against that Jets defense, as they did this week against this terrible Bears defense, you're going to be feeling like they they should be able to keep up with the Miamis of the world when the time comes. What about – oh, go ahead. Oh, if Mac Jones can beat you, then Patrick Mahomes can beat you. It's a good defense, but there is no reason to expect anything different than a complete domination by the team again next week. Absolutely agree. Uh, what do you guys think about George Karloftis? Got another half sack today. He's in the mix every week for a sack. Drew Tranquil came in and, and snagged the other half a sack for, uh, for George. But uh, how do you guys feel he's performing this year? 
He's been great, man. Uh, I said going into this year, I didn't know how long Chris Jones was going to be out. So I said Chris Jones would be my leader in the in the room for for sacks. I thought he would going to get double digits. I think he's anywhere from 9, 10, 11. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to go out there and put up 16, but he's consistently getting pressure on the quarterback. Um just a very powerful guy, huge, huge motor, right? You know, this is what we thought Frank Clark was when he came here, that that big motor. You're seeing it with George Karloftis, although very different play styles, obviously Clark and Karloftis. Uh, but I've been very impressed. Again, he is a sophomore who looks like a veteran, right? He mm-hmm. looks like he's been playing a long time, just wily out there, grizzled. I'm a huge fan of George Karloftis. He's terrific. Uh, all right, fellas, we should probably start wrapping it up here. Uh, but before we do, let's hand out some hardware, huh? Who gets your arrowhead, Joe? Uh, or arrowheads, if you want to give out more than one for their play in today's dominating win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, McDuffie. For me, he it was just a continuation of an excellent first couple of weeks. He pops off the screen every time you watch him. Like, you see a hard hit from the defense. Oh, I wonder who that was. It's probably Trent McDuffie. He looks excellent. Two consecutive weeks holding excellent wide receivers, uh, well below what their average receiving totals would be. Uh, he has, is, looks like he's taking a significant leap, and it changes the ceiling for this defense, especially when you're pairing with Chris Jones. So Trent McDuffie gets mine this week. Love it. Sterling? Uh, Drew Tranquil. Um, I love Nick Bolton. Obviously, Mizzou, M-I-Z, big win. Again, moving to 4-0 yesterday after getting a huge win in the Dome in STL. <laughs> but got to go with Drew Tranquil. He – fit in he he had a huge role i mean what was it week one he played 13 snaps or something like that against detroit imagine going from 13 snaps and now hey you're the green dot everyone's yep. listening to you you're the dude now you got in the field you got to watch justin fields you have to spy justin fields you have to drop into pass coverage against cole Komet, do a little bit of everything uh Drew Tranquil, to me, just everything he brings to the table, the versatility, seems to me like a perfect Spags guy. I can't wait to see him and Nick Bolton gel even more on the field together. Um, But yeah, Drew Tranquil gets my arrowhead this game. He's a glue guy, helps hold it all together. I think that's an excellent choice. I've got two to give away, and there's so many different people we could give one. First one I want to give to is Rasheed Rice. Um, Five receptions, 59 yards, but more importantly, starting to emerge is one of those players that Mahomes can trust. He can be potentially that Juju Smith-Schuster for Patrick Mahomes, who Patrick Mahomes specifically mentioned when he was talking to the broadcast team this week about how he didn't appreciate the little things that Juju Smith-Schuster did for him, i.e. moving the chains. you got to love what Rasheed Rice is doing. He's, he's, he's not blowing up the stat sheet, but he almost scored two touchdowns today, and he is, he is consistently making an impact and that's what Juju did all last year for the Chiefs. So very excited about the results from Rasheed Rice so early in his career, especially on a, on a team like the Chiefs with so many mouths to feed. And then Mr. Dependable, Justin Watson, two receptions, mm-hmm. 51 yards. I mean, what what else can you say about the dude? He just he, All he does is make plays. He gets in there and makes plays for Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes needs him. Heck of a catch, by the way. That bomb that he caught, I think he had to do a right, left, right. Do you know how hard that is to do in an NFL game, running full speed toward the sideline, and he still reeled that in? I, you can see why he's on the team. I mentioned it earlier, but he's earned his arrowhead um, maybe more than anybody on this team. With all those receivers, he deserves he deserves a spot. 
One of my favorite comments from Slothy. Slothy, we always appreciate you. It says, my arrowhead goes to Matt Nagy because now Bears fans <laughs> can complain about Nagy costing them another game. Oh, and what I will oh. say about Matt Nagy, it's a good thing the Bears fired him because, you know, a coach of the year, um, you know, going to the playoffs two times, uh, taking Mitchell Trubisky to a Pro Bowl, uh, having a 34-31 and 31 overall record as their head coach. Yeah, that wasn't good enough for Chicago. That wasn't good enough. You might as well can that guy and bring in someone else. And, and you know, while you're at it, just, just make sure he goes back to Kansas City where he fits in so well with Mahomes. His offense is humming. Yeah, good job, Chicago. You could have had Mahomes. You had Matt Nagy, and instead you have Eberflus, and now you have Justin Fields. Messed up, zero two. I have I, I have one more quick one that I just want to give out. One more, one more ahead. Uh, Taylor Swift, come to any game that you want. The vibes were high on the Chiefs sideline. So one more to Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are undefeated when Taylor Swift is at the game. That's what if I'm you- talking about. If you took a shot for every time Greg Olson, that staff, or the camera crew panned or talked about her, you would be blitzed by the, I don't know, six minutes into the first quarter. Yeah. Okay. That was, you know, it's fine. You put up 41 points, you win 41 to 10. I am all for it. Travis Kelsey, the team had a lot of fun. That was a lot. She, she's like, but she, I mean, she's like the Beatles. She's like the modern day Beatles mm-hmm. or like Michael Jackson. Like she is that popular. So her being there and the fact that maybe she's dating the, the, the star tight end hall of fame. Tight, like it's just look, man, the media has got to put butts in the seats just like everybody else. Like this, you can't ignore a good story. People are going to talk about it. They're, they're going to, they can hate, hate it, love it. But, uh, Good, good for Travis Kelsey, man. You mentioned it in our chat, Sterling. Man's, <laughs> man's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. How about this? Okay, fine. We'll go with Chiefs, Beatdown, Bears, Taylor's version. Okay? Oh, there you go. The oh, news oh, going. Tweet Taylor's it. version. Only did, but don't worry. No one liked it. It's okay. Everyone, what? no one likes it. I got like, I got like eight likes. It. That was good. People think I'm a bum. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. You deserve you deserve all the engagement and clout for that one. All right, everybody. This is a great show. A great win for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're we're firing up the band for another one next week on Sunday Night Football when the Chiefs go to take on the Jets for the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes game that will never happen. Uh, so we'll be back next week with our regular slate of shows, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. Uh, nice, nice mug. Nice mug, Sterling. Uh, and make sure you're reading arrowheadaddict.com where our guy Matt Connor and the team over there are going to be breaking down this win and all the Chiefs news, injury updates, columns, all that stuff all week long. Arrowheadaddict.com. Make sure you're there. And, of course, make sure you check out our guy Joe Summers on Friday to make sure you know where to lay your bets this coming week of in the sports calendar. All right, for producer Richard, for Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam, Sterling Holmes, Joe Summers, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you guys next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.